Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Frame and Sequence podcast. In this episode, I sit down and chat with artist Katie Rogers. Originally from Georgia, Katie is a New York City-based artist where she lives and works. She created Paper Fashion in 2009 as an outlet to share her artwork with the world. Katie works on personal commissions and often collaborates with commercial clients, many in the fashion and beauty space. Katie also recently released her own brand of artist supplies, which I will provide a link to in the show notes, as well as links to her Instagram and website. Katie shares a lot of great advice and insights in this episode, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Katie. Thanks so much for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. Of course. It's totally surreal sitting here in New York in your studio after <laughs> having watched you online for so long create uh, magic, and it is an incredibly magical space you oh, have here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Just sitting here surrounded by all of your supplies and art is just its incredibly inspiring, and uh, I'm really excited to ask you some questions that I've wanted to ask you for a while. So. Maybe just start at the beginning. How did, how did you end up going down the art path? Did you always know you wanted to? I can definitely say I always wanted to be in a creative world. I mean, since you know I was little, art class and like doing anything creative really st- stood out to me. And it always felt very natural. I, not to say like I was really good from the beginning, but I just wanted to work on it. It was something I really enjoyed and I loved doing my whole life. And I never thought to do it as a career, though. It was always just this this thing I really loved Mm -hmm. that I wanted to keep in my life and as a hobby. And I just, I was never taught that it could be something more than that. That's sort of how I had it in my life. And then eventually I got into it. I remember my aunt used to, she became an artist later in life and she used to come visit and she would paint and teach me how to use watercolors when I was young. And that those memories are so bold in my mind. I remember asking her to paint me a ballerina and I couldn't understand for a minute why half the ballerina was a dark color and half was light. And it was because she was doing like shading. And I just, that sticks out to me so much. So anyway, I, I knew I wanted to do something creative but I had been studying the cello my whole life. Oh, wow. And I kind of thought maybe I should do that. And, you know, it was something I worked for all the time and I was pursuing, you know, outside of academics. And I remember I was in this program for cello and we could take one extra class and I took drawing. And I remember the teacher said to me, you're so much better at drawing than you are at playing the cello. (laughs) But he had never heard me play the cello. But he told me that, and I just, I never thought about it like that, but I knew that there was something there because I really loved art. I loved creating things and much more than I loved playing the cello. So the next semester that I was there, I went more into art and did that and kind of just tried it out loved it yeah and was this earlier on in yeah this was during high school i would spend my summers um at this intense cello program (laughs) and they also had art but so then my last summer before i graduated i studied drawing so that sort of changed things for me Mm -hmm. and I decided I wanted to pursue something around that in college. But I also still thought I need to get a job. So I found this thing called industrial design, Mm -hmm. which was very 
creative. And so I decided to do that and went into that. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So did you did you follow industrial design all the way through? Yeah, I followed. I went to school for it. I loved the school and everything for about two years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then after two years of it, I really started to struggle with it. I didn't like it. I wasn't doing well. And it was very hands on, like, you know, you're in the wood shop building things. And my school also, it was Carnegie Mellon and they're very technical. Oh, right. Yeah. And I loved the school, but it was too technical for me. And I, it was just not something that I wanted to be doing the rest of my life. But I also didn't want to start school over and school's expensive. So I ended up trying to find a way to fit in something else. So they had a student fashion show. So I joined that to make clothes, which I was terrible at and (laughs) used the stapler quite a bit. (laughs) But it was fun and you got accepted based on your drawings. And I had always done kind of this fashion based work. So my school didn't have a fashion program, but they had a very great drama department. So I started studying costume design on the side and I loved it. I thought it was amazing and I loved doing this fashion show every year. So then I wrote to my school and asked them if it would be okay and count towards my major if I studied fashion (laughs) abroad. And I was not doing well in my major, so I didn't know if they would say yes, but they did. So I went abroad, studied fashion and accessory design just for one semester. And where was this? In Florence. Oh, wow. And it was like, it woke me up so much. My professor gave me tickets to see a show at Milan Fashion Week. And that was a wild experience for me. And I just remember standing in there and loving it and just thinking this is the world I want to go towards. Right. I still didn't know what. So I was just doing illustration and I didn't know that could be a thing. But I just kind of like continued, you know, you pick things up along the way sure. and find a direction to veer towards. So right. that's sort of how that happened. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Kind of serendipitous almost. Yeah. yeah. It's I feel like it's nice once you get a little bit older and you can look back and kind of connect these dots because in the moment you don't see them. But looking back, you can see kind of how things led a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have any any mentors at this time influencing your drawing? Or were you kind of finding your way with all that? Not really. After that one program I did, which I had a really incredible teacher there who was very mean and I I just loved it I loved how honest he was when something was terrible and it pushed me so much it reminded me a lot of studying music growing up if you've ever seen the movie Whiplash a lot of teachers are really like that and I responded to that well I guess (laughs) like the fear yeah so yeah having I had a couple teachers in art classes growing up like that and those were the most influential to me because I learned so much from them right well this one in particular like really opened my eyes from you know not knowing much about color and everything and he taught me so much about color and just I always remember a conversation we had about how if you look at someone's face there's like every color in their face there's not just skin color or whatever you might think it's not just like peach color or darker color it's there's blues and greens and reds and purples and all these things in there if you really look at it yeah so that has stayed with me for a long time yeah that's cool and then so after 
graduation, where were you? In, <laughs> I was <intrinsic>. very lost. <laughs> I feel like I have this taste of, you know, studying fashion and also footwear design and when I studied abroad and I also loved illustration and art and I had no great pieces for my portfolio from my actual major that I somehow made it through. <laughs> but I still, I knew I wanted to focus on going into fashion something. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, I honestly, I hated sewing things. I hated all of that, but I thought maybe I would like it. So I tried to find companies that I could go into like apparel design or something. So I did find one, mm -hmm. which was a sportswear company, Reebok. Wow. And I went to work as a designer there after college somehow for a couple of years. And I loved it. It was amazing and I learned so much. But as soon as I started working there, that's when I started what I do now. I just felt like I had more free time after school. Mm -hmm. I didn't have, you know, classes anymore or any of that. So I loved working and I had just extra time. So I would paint every single day. And I started, I just wanted somewhere to put it. So I started putting it online. Wow. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and were you influenced, were you studying art on your own or were you influenced by anything? I wasn't. I was really just um, drawn to fashion illustration and I would just like stock fashion shows online and illustrate them or just really anything and just do a new one every single day. I was obsessed with it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. At what point was the turning point when it started becoming more of a, a thing and you're you developed a defined style that you were then able to right. grow with. I, after doing it for about a year, I started to get approached by larger brands. Um, I think the first one was Coach. Oh. And so they hired me to do something. And, you know, at the time, I was really just doing it as a hobby or for fun. There was no goal of it becoming a business at all. But I started to do it, and people would want to hire me for little jobs here and there that I charged nothing for and I loved it. It was just like a fun outside of work thing to do. Right. So then when Coach approached me, I thought, okay, this could maybe be something more than I'm thinking. So that was like 2000, end of 2009. So then I did that and then I just kept, I kept working. I loved, you know, just, I loved my job at the time. And then they had an opportunity to for a job for someone to transfer to their Barcelona office and I started getting really bored in this job after a while and I was like this is perfect I would love to live abroad and experience something new so I applied for that and I got the job so I started and at the same time I was you know handling this side business I had started and I started to get bigger jobs and it was getting a little bit tricky. I was traveling back and forth for almost a year uh, waiting for my work visa to go through. Oh wow. And just because the economy in Spain was kind of rough and it was taking a long time, which right. turned out to be a blessing. But I went there a lot. I actually really hated the job <laughs> and I loved Barcelona, I hated the job. And I felt like I had a really good run going back and forth for a long time. So I decided, I just like couldn't keep waiting and I hated the job and I thought, okay, this is my chance. Yeah. So I actually decided to turn down the job and retracted that and stay in 
I was living in Boston at the time. Mm. So I came back and they were a little mad, I think, about that. But whatever, you have to do what you have to do. For sure. My work visa went through the next day. <laughs> Amazing. It always happens that way. <laughs> but sure. it was like such a big decision emotionally to that. I can't just like be like, oh, it went through. Okay. It yeah. was a huge decision to make to, to turn it down. So anyway, then I knew I was going to eventually quit the job in general and pursue my side business because at that point it was just like, it was one or the other. So I decided to do that. Wow. Yeah. And those first few jobs, like that first job for coach, was that a, an illustration? Yeah. So them? they hired me to come to New York and um, for fashions night out, which used to be a thing and paint on tote bags oh, wow. at an event. Yeah. yeah. So oh, people so could come by them and have me paint fig, uh, fashion illustration on them. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. At what point did, did the dancers emerge? That was uh, right after I moved to New York about almost six years ago. And I don't know, I just, I've always loved dance as well as fashion. And I'm fascinated by dancers and kind of was exposed to them a lot growing up. So I just started painting them randomly one night and I was became obsessed with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they're incredible for Thank sure. You. They sort of become a signature, I suppose, in a way. Yeah. yeah. So after, after you quit the more corporate job and we were moving into your own thing, how was that transition or what, what was it like during that time? It was super scary at first, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And I remember I spoke to my dad about it because he had started his own company. He was older than I was at the time and he just told me, you know, you don't have any dependents. You're young. Why why don't you just try it? And if it doesn't work, get another job. So I I just it seems so simple and like of course I should do that. <laughs> right. So I did it and it was scary, but I mean things don't happen unless you try them. So right. yeah. It's nice to see a, a trend sort of emerging and you just following your gut and what you yeah. are drawn to the most. Yeah, I feel like it's, I mean, I've learned from, it's easier to do that, I think, in the moment when things are happening. And then now it feels harder to me because, you know, things are more established and I've been, you think more about it. And I love the feeling back then of, you know, just being a little bit impulsive or spontaneous. And, um, when you start thinking too much about things, it gets more complicated. Right. And I miss that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you also have such a unique, I mean, your work is obviously so uniquely yours. And the way you present yourself online is so uniquely yours. Was that a conscious decision to, to form yourself into a brand like that? Or was that just the emergence of your natural style? Yeah, I... I when I first started like using Instagram and all of this, I didn't know what I was doing at all. I mean, if you go all the way back on my Instagram, it's ridiculous and <laughs> kind of dumb. And But it was also a reflection of the time and it was new and people were figuring it out still. So, and I think over time, I just found the things that I really love to share and I started to focus more on them. Mm -hmm. And I'm... I really love to share the process and because I find that it's hard to find process for a lot of like well-known artists you can't see them working you can't you don't know like what does it look like when they sit down and work and 
a lot of that is kind of hidden from the public and maybe for a reason i don't know if someone feels that way but i i really love to share the process because i think it's the most amazing part by the time i'm done with a piece i'm kind of over it sometimes because i'm <laughs> like creating it is what's kind of magical and then once it's finished i move on. i'm already moving on you know to something else right do you have a process that you rely on over the years i've learned myself a little bit and that music really affects me so mm -hmm. if i am feeling a certain way or want to create something specific i put on certain types of music and that helps me get into the zone a lot for things yeah yeah do you like reference at all or do you draw mainly from your head and just dive in I have done both, and I really hate how my work turns out when I draw from a reference. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like you start overthinking details too much, and you think about you know what you're looking at versus what you're doing. And to me, unless it's something like you're drawing a figure from real life, that's a different to me. But when I want to create my own work and in my style, it's much easier for me to kind of just go into my world and guess what something might look like. Right. Or like if I'm drawing an elephant, for instance, I kind of have an idea of what an elephant looks like in my head. But if I look at one online, I'm gonna, it's gonna turn out different. Right. Um, so I, I prefer not to use reference. Yeah. When you were first learning, were you, were you relying on traditional ways of learning to draw or again, just sort of finding your way? Yeah, no, I use references for everything mm. when I first started and too much and I didn't have a style, you know, I was kind of just trying to replicate things I saw or make something look realistic. And I remember feeling so scared about creating my own work that without any reference because you it becomes a crutch for you and I would just do that all the time. So not doing it with that felt really foreign to me. So then the time that I started creating things without a reference, or they were scary, but once I did it, I became addicted and didn't want to do anything else. Yeah. Can you remember a specific point when when you found your style, when, when it's something clicked, or was it a gradual evolution? I think it was very gradual. I really think style comes from, you know, the practice. It comes from creating things every single day. It comes from learning yourself while you're doing that. And also, you just pick up these things that you like as you're working, the more you work. And those things will become your style. And it's different for everyone. But, you know, you can sit down and copy someone else's style, no problem. But you just, you have to work all the time, I think, to develop your own style. I don't think it just is something you, maybe it is something you decide, but for me it wasn't. Yeah. I'd love to talk about your choice of mediums just for a moment. I mean, you are so incredible and facile with pastels. I'm always <laughs> amazed just to watch you draw and see what comes out of that. How were you drawn to pastels originally versus something else? I mean, I know you use gouache and acrylic here and there, but. Yeah, I, I think I just always like to experiment and I'm, I get a little bored with doing the same thing all the time. And I also love a good challenge. And I randomly bought a box of pastels like last year at some point or maybe the year before i forget but it was i had no like purpose for it or anything i just thought i want to try this mm -hmm. and i became obsessed with them because also there's less setup for pastels like you don't have to get your water and clean your brushes and all this stuff it's just like you just go yeah you pick one up and put it on the paper and then 
so it just became addictive to me. And in the beginning, they weren't very good at all because I'm learning, you know, how to use this new medium. I remember specifically there were these cloud studies that you did. Yeah, I just remember looking at the cloud studies and disappearing into them. And yeah, they're just <laughs> really beautiful. Do you use oil pastel or dry? Just the chalk pastels, just the chalk yeah. Pastel, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, a daily art practice that you adhere to or any sort of routines? Sort of. I, try, I really like crave routines sometimes, but... It's hard for me to also fit, do that. I just feel like there's so many random parts of this business that need to get done. A lot of parts I hate. Um, <laughs> and so it really varies from day to day, but I at least I try to keep like a pretty normal schedule um, of like showing up in the morning or like getting started early and because also I want to, I mean, I've gone through phases where I'm not like that at all and it destroys any social life. Right. So I try to, you know, keep a normal schedule so I can do things outside as well. Yeah. Do you have any other uh, practices that you get into to get yourself in the zone besides music? I mean, sometimes just like sitting down where I'm going to work. And even if I'm not working, if I'm just sitting here or like, you know, like on email, whatever, online, it just helps my mind to like get in the zone if I have like a place that I'm there yeah. physically and just, it will happen eventually right. if I just sit here <laughs> long enough. <laughs> For sure. And just out of curiosity, how, what percentage would you say is spent on the actual business part versus the actual art, art part? Yeah. A little while ago, it was more business than creating, which really kind of destroyed me a little bit. Mm -hmm. It just felt miserable. Now I try to do at least like 60% art yeah. and then 40% the other side. But I work with an agency and everything, which has helped me a lot, like free up time. Oh, that's so, good. So yeah. you're repped by an agent, essentially? Yeah. So then they deal with a lot of that, which makes my life nice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> other jobs started coming in. Were those more of the live event drawing things? Or or a combination of that and illustration, or even, I think I remember too watching you actually sketch at a fashion show. Oh yeah. Sketching live. Yeah, I used to do more events. I don't do as many anymore, but I've just found that over time I enjoy different sort of things. The events were really fun for a while, but I prefer to do like longer projects that are more in depth maybe. Mm -hmm. Will some clients have you work on a whole campaign on the advertising side or? Yeah, I've done a couple. So one big one was Estee Lauder. I did their holiday campaign for 2017. So that was like a few years working on that oh, wow. with them. I mean, it was like spurts of of um, months of, that we would work on it, and then it was production and all of that. But that was amazing just to see the process of how something like that comes to life. Um, all the way down to advertising. A little more recently, that uh, installation you did at Diptyque, I thought was really spectacular. It's almost like 3D dioramas in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, that one was so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> how did that evolve, or how did you even come up with that idea of going um, more? It was like the most whirlwind project ever, but also one of my favorite projects ever, which is usually, I feel like, how it works. Yeah. Um, I, they just asked me to do something in their store and it's very rare I feel like that a client will trust you to do something they haven't seen you do before <laughs> so and do it in 10 days and so 
that was it was very nerve-wracking a little bit but just going into the store and to look around I just I saw those boxes shelves they had and I thought this is perfect for like a layered piece um, to make like a display like a shadow box so I just went with that and and just did it and sometimes it's nice not to have a lot of time because you don't overthink anything you just make an idea and you go with it and right. just make it happen. Right. So, and I really loved that project and bringing my work to life in a three-dimensional way and also, you know, layered with actual product and it be in this amazing space. So, right. yeah. Do most clients give you a brief or at this point, are they just looking to you for style and creative guidance? A lot of clients will bring a brief that's based on past work or something they've seen. But sometimes they'll just bring a very general idea and and then ask me to come up with ideas of what I can do for it. Yeah. Which is fun. Right. I like that. Was there anything unexpected from the client side that you wish you'd known when you were first starting out? I mean, yes and no. I think not knowing sometimes you is how you learn. So not knowing that in the very beginning I didn't use to stand up to clients when I thought something wasn't good or right or could be better. I just kind of went with what they told me. And I mean, there was one time where a client asked me to replicate something else they had seen that wasn't my work. Mm -hmm. And I did it. And I will never do that again, ever, (laughs) because it feels terrible and it's not what I want. So, but you just learn those things as you go. And I know you've done a little bit of animation as well with the with the dancers. Is that something mm-hmm. that you enjoy? Or was that for a client project? No, that was for fun. I, I have done some animation later for clients, but I mean, I don't call myself an animator at all. I do very simple movements, but I really enjoyed learning that side of things a little bit back to an old school way of doing it and just, you know, literally on paper drawing every <laughs> single thing <laughs> right flipping pages yeah old school for sure yeah so i i'm really intrigued by that world yeah and just how to bring your work to life yeah. i thought would be fun right no it was beautiful in addition to your client work do you do you have private collectors or do you show in galleries ever yeah i do well i, I haven't shown in galleries but it's something that i would like mm-hmm. to do within the next year mm-hmm. Probably. I, I've been kind of focusing more on the fine art side lately mm-hmm. and just developing that work. But I will do commissions for private clients. Like once in a while, I'll do those right. on the side of client work. Yeah, <laughs> Very cool. I'm sure you get a lot of people reaching out to you on Instagram about your work. Yeah. Do you find that there's specific questions that they're always asking you? I think because I share a lot of my process, people want to learn from that and so I do get a lot of messages about specific process things or people a lot of people seem to crave or want to know like how do you get inspired and so yeah how how do you get inspired (laughs) (laughs) I really just think it's the the saying of you need to be working and things come to you when you work and just always like put yourself there and you're going to do a lot of work that's shit and not good. I have piles and piles of that, but once in a while it will lead you to something that's you really love. Yeah. So, that's like an exciting high you get out of it, you know, once you find that thing. Sure. So, 
So. Do you have any specific ways that you like to recharge your batteries when you're feeling uninspired? Yeah, I love... I mean, I'm really into nature and being outside, and so I go to the park pretty often. Or if I have time and I really want to... I feel really inspired when I walk through the park here from home or go out with friends and don't talk or think about work at all. <laughs> right. It helps you like just separate yourself for a minute and then you come back and it feels a little bit refreshing. Yeah. I know also that you've traveled quite a bit over the last couple of years. Do you use travel as inspiration or is that more to take a step away? Yeah, completely. I think... Well, it's both. You're taking a step away, but you're also like gathering all these new ideas that you maybe hadn't seen before. And more so even than new ideas, I think having new experiences is a very great way to be inspired and just like it just mixes things up in your life a little bit where you're just trying new things and you get something from that. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad, you still take something away from it. Was there any trip in particular that stands out in your mind as particularly inspiring? Well, we were talking about this earlier, but I went to India last year, and that was one of the most inspiring trips I've ever been on. Just in every way, it was like bad things happened, great things happened, saw beautiful art and architecture, and just like a completely different culture than I see every day. Right. And it was just so chaotic and amazing and colorful and it just like it felt like this whole other world and I loved it yeah do you keep a sketchbook when you travel I usually bring one Mm -hmm. but I can't say that I'm always sketching when I travel yeah (laughs) (laughs) like once in a while if I have some time I will yeah or like write things down but right I always like to ask this question too do you have any travel essentials or things that you you like to bring with you for art for art or in general, oh. just to, to make travel. I almost easier. always have paints with me, even if I don't use them. Mm-hmm. I just feel like just in case. So I usually, I'll bring like a tiny set of watercolors with me and I just pick out like certain colors that I want and put them in there. Yeah. And a little sketchbook. I mean, other than that, it's my phone. It's like my travel essential. Yeah. Do you take a lot of pictures? Yeah, way too many. Yeah. <laughs> and my phone's always full. But I also, like, I have so many notes on my phone of, like, random ideas that just come up from when I travel. And they're so fun. Even if I do nothing with them, it's so fun to go back through them and read, like, these random sentences that don't even make any sense, but they're kind of fun to see. And, or you, like, remember something you were inspired by yeah. that you completely forget about otherwise. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I always try to keep a little notebook on me at all times, like yeah. a physical one, just because yeah. you know, I'll lose it in my phone and never return to oh, it. Really? But yeah, I'm so bad about it. But <laughs> Have you ever played around with uh, with digital? Yes. In the art room? Yeah? I have, and I used to use it a lot for sketches for clients mm. because it's faster and you can just email it to them just to send them ideas or like, this is what it will look like. So I would sketch an iPad and things like that, but I, I don't love it. Yeah. I, I've tried it so much and every app and I just, there's something about like getting your hands messy and like the tactile feeling of working on paper that I really love. For sure. And it leads me to discover things versus on digital. I feel like I don't discover things. 
you kind of just have your tools there and it's very like, you know, right. Like too organized for me. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) completely. (laughs) I'm sure there's probably somebody or many people out there who would be just curious about what some of your favorite papers or supplies are. Do you mind going into that without getting too, you know, salesy? (laughs) Yeah, no, I am. I mean, for the longest time, my favorite paper is always Arches. Mm -hmm. I love the quality of it and it's, it's a little bit more expensive than your average paper, but it's just like, you. the worst thing is having paper and having it not function properly because then if you can use cheap paints on Arches paper, it doesn't matter. It does matter a little bit, like the quality, but my point is that if <laughs> paper to me is most important. Oh, interesting. I think if you have paper that's giving you problems, then it's very frustrating. Right. So I like to have good paper, and it's just like no fuss. It's always perfect. Yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. But more importantly, you have your own line coming out, which is incredibly exciting. Yeah. How did that evolve or, oh, or even start? It feels like a really long time. Yeah. It was an idea I had a couple of years ago, like a specific way of creating this line. Um, so we've been kind of working to find, you know, a partner on it for the past couple of years. And then we finally found the right person and now it's going to come out soon, Wow, which is great. Yeah. And it's, it's a full mm-hmm. line of paints and sketchbooks, right? And, um, it's a small line. I'm doing like gouache, sketchbooks, paper, watercolor, and then like metallic watercolors and metallic paints and brushes. So maybe like I would say 20 items. Wow. About. That's incredible. Have you had a chance to sit down and play with a lot of them? Yeah. So right now I'm getting some of the final samples. So most of it's all finished. um, But there were a couple of things that weren't quite right that are just now being finished. I just wanted to bring like there are so many cool art supplies in the world and that was something that I loved when I traveled to try and find the local art stores because you find different things in different places and or you find nothing in some places like some places I went I couldn't find art stores anywhere mm-hmm. and which made me really sad because <laughs> I'm like I'm sure there's people around here who need art supplies but anyway there were some supplies that were really hard to find here or or they're really amazing handmade quality, which is great and I love it, but also it gets so expensive that not everyone can use that. Right. So I wanted to create something a little different that's smaller and less more affordable of like some of these these amazing supplies. It'll be a direct to consumer and then we've been talking to a few big stores, but nothing's 100% confirmed, so I don't want to say. Right. <laughs> Who it might be. <laughs> what, uh, do you have a favorite art store in the world? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I There are a couple. They're all in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, the best stuff. <laughs> I'm going to say their name wrong. L. Cornelison or something. Oh, right. In, in, in London. London. Most beautiful, most amazing art shop ever. They have a whole section of metallics, too, which I love. Oh, wow. By this company, C. Robertson. And they're incredible quality beautiful but their their shop in general is like stepping into like another world it's beautiful and then um sennelier in paris is amazing (laughs) and the history of it and yeah they have this one sketchbook that they only carry in that 
store. You can't buy oh, it really? online anywhere. Yeah, but it's it's great. Yeah. It's like watercolors or anything. Yeah, it's oh, really nice. Man. I know I'm like a moth to a flame with a good art store. Yeah, so. me too. <laughs> it's very Just sad like, there aren't really many in New York. Yeah. There's only big name um, like Blick and... But there's Kramer Pigments here, mm. which is nice. They're, the, I feel like, one of the last small, like, nice, beautiful shops. Yeah. Even, I think, New York Central, is that, is that called? It's gone. Central? Yeah, I know. God, yeah. It broke my heart. That was, yeah. like, across from where I lived when I went to NYU. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's very sad, but hopefully maybe they'll come back. Yeah. So, obviously, you have a, a big social media following, and you're pretty active on it. Do you enjoy that aspect of it? I do enjoy it. I feel lately I, I'm trying to figure it out again, just what I want to share. Mm-hmm. Because I've, I've felt less inclined to be on social media lately because I feel like there's so much noise and there's so much content all the time. Right. And I want to think more about what I want to share in a thoughtful way versus mm-hmm. just sharing things to share them. But I also feel like developing the audience over time was amazing. And it's really, you know, the reason that I was able to get clients and all of this work. But it's also very intimidating to kind of develop your style publicly For sure. on a, <laughs> with an audience. Right. Super vulnerable. Yeah. I was growing up while I was on there. You know, I started it in my early 20s and I'm not that young anymore. I mean, it was like more than 10 years ago now. And so I feel like when you see stuff like that online, it's hard to realize that there's a person behind it and that person is personally growing and going through life things and their work's changing with that. And it doesn't always have to stay exactly the same. Right. But at the same time, it's an amazing, incredible thing, too. And yeah. it's, I meet so many people through it, and you have so many amazing conversations. And, yeah, it's just it's very interesting. Have you met any other artists? I have. I feel like I have a lot of artists that I interact with on social media a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll, like, eventually meet them in person, but sometimes you don't for, like, years, and right. then you do, and <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. it's like a weird thing, but yeah. also amazing. Has anyone ever approached you about trying to do a workshop or classes? Yeah, and stuff like that? I that... have done a few here and there. Mm. I don't love to to focus on them though, honestly. Yeah. And people ask for them all the time, but I just feel I'm not there yet. I feel like I'm still very much figuring out my own world and my own work, and I'm I don't want to stand in front of people and tell them how they should be doing things or. Not to say that I I wouldn't have something to offer, maybe, but it's not what I want to focus on. Right. So maybe later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is part of the client work sometimes, does that involve sponsored posts? Yes. It does. Yeah. How do you you balance that with staying authentic to what you're about? I think it's just really important to say no to things that have nothing to do with anything in your world. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which happened pretty often, surprisingly. What's the most random, like, well... Most random? Uh, you don't have to say if it's it's weird to, to that client, but... Well, this, is, this one isn't weird, but someone recently asked me, a big brand asked me to do a photo shoot with jewelry on, <laughs> like, close-ups of me with jewelry. And, I mean, it just it has nothing to do with anything I do, and I wear the same jewelry all the time, and it just doesn't feel real. Right. So... 
I said no, and I didn't want to say no, but I, I had to. It just wasn't right. But I think that is something I've had to figure out along the way. Mm-hmm. It's easy to kind of get sucked into things, too. Yeah. But it's just like knowing what you're, you stand for and what you want to share with the world and just staying true to that and not getting distracted by like random things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you ever sit down and make specific, you know, let's call them guardrails, for example, like where you just, this is the lane that you would operate in with the client base? Yeah. Um, I think more recently, the past year or two, I have more than ever because I feel like I'm personally changing and I there are things I want to pursue that I haven't been given the opportunity and I don't think you're given those opportunities until you put it out like that's what you stand for and you show those certain things and you work towards that so I've been trying to work towards certain things that I want to do in the future that aren't happening now so there's always like a shift are there certain things that you post that you find do better than other images whether it's work or your materials or yeah definitely I mean if I could post like gold painted dancers every day, people like that a lot. <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, Does that influence what you end up posting? Or? It used to, I think. Yeah. Now I don't really let it. Also, I just feel less attached to social media lately. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of the same way right now. Yeah. yeah. I just, I feel like I want to get back to not having that be like a forefront of things. It's an afterthought. Right. I know for a while too you were keeping a pretty pretty consistent blog. Do yeah. You, do you do that anymore? Do you have a home based website that you I haven't done it for a couple of years, but I actually started to this year again. Oh. I mean there's very few posts on there, but I felt like I, I don't think I'm a great writer or anything. I just feel like with social media being so loud and everything, it feels to me like when you walk in a room and there's a TV on and it's just on to be on and you're like taking in all this random information that you don't really care about and going back to my website and taking more time to think through things and like make something that feels meaningful to me is something that I am kind of craving versus like a quick random thought right on social media it is funny how it's it's influencing the entire culture it's like art photography and filmmaking suddenly got turned into this content word Mm -hmm. that like just has a whole other connotation right and that it it also comes with like this working with clients and doing more commercial work and having it be a sponsored thing i mean at the end of the day i need to get a paycheck so i will take things like that sure once in a while sure so, but I, I just, I'm trying to think of it more as like, these people are supporting my art and my business and allowing me to create things. So, which is an amazing thing to have. And like, I don't take that for granted. Absolutely. But I just think you need to do it in the right way that feels really true to what you're doing. Yeah. I'm sure you have a lot of younger artists asking you advice. Is there anything that stands out in your mind that you would guide a younger artist to in regards to either following their their work or dealing with all that kind of social stuff? I think a lot of people focus too much on social media, whereas I really don't think it matters if you have you know a million followers or not right now. I think it matters if you're doing something interesting and if you're doing something that people can tell you really care about. But also at the same time, just like 
devoting the time you need to to develop that and work on it all the time and just you find your style and a lot of people ask how do I find my style really just think it's just working you Mm -hmm. just have to work and commit your time to it there's no other way yeah so I think just work yeah (laughs) (laughs) well it's also obvious sitting here in your your studio you have a very considered uh taste and aesthetic for (laughs) all of your things is that again just something that naturally grew out of your own personality and tastes yeah I think so it's I like a little bit of function obviously Mm -hmm. but um I also want to be surrounded by things and create a world that I feel inspired in and that's really important to me because everything in your world you can kind of curate and create whatever you want so why wouldn't I want it to be you know beautiful or find ways to make it feel a little bit more magical so it puts me in this mindset right and I mean I've also noticed that a lot of your work has it has storytelling in it whether it is just a gesture or an expression mm-hmm. to even some of your other pieces, which if you look at it, have a little story going on. Is that something that you that you consciously think about or is that just what comes out of working? I, I don't think it was conscious in the beginning, but I started to feel that as well. Or like, I guess in my, I didn't think about it that much, but in my mind when I'm creating them, there is some sort of a story there but I didn't think about it much. You know, like when I paint a dancer, it's like I have this personality for her in my head, you know, how she's moving and all of these sort of things and like the world she's in. But so I'm, I'm really happy that that comes through. No, it absolutely does. Yeah, I think that's why they're so expressive and why people respond to them so well. Oh, thanks. Yeah. But it's also something that I've... I want to develop more and actually do a story. I started thinking more about that and I wrote two children's books recently, but I mean, they're very rough, (laughs) but I'm exploring that world a little bit. So we'll see. And also just sitting here in your studio, I noticed there's some much bigger pieces than you've shown before. (laughs) That's really, are you moving into just larger scale pieces as well? Yeah, I think it's the reason I really wanted to get a separate space outside of my home because my apartment's small, as most New York places are, and I just wasn't able to work at a larger scale. And I really enjoy it. I used to always work so small because, you know, of space, and now it's really hard for me to work small. (laughs) So now I really love large scale. Yeah, I mean, just some of these on the wall are just... (laughs) incredibly expressive and I'm sure with <laughs> bigger pieces you can do more of that yeah it's more of like this whole gesture like you're moving a lot more and it's just like fun to figure it out but also it was a challenge to go from small to large too yeah I bet what was the biggest challenge I think kind of when you're working small it's easy to now my hands are covered um <laughs> in pastel it's easy to like deal with proportion and everything like it's right there in front of you mm-hmm. versus large you have to work up close to it but then to really see it you have to step back so it's a lot of back and forth and figuring it out and something looks good up close but it doesn't work far away or like a big problem I had too was my scale was always too small when I started working large. So everything felt messy and like jumbled because it was, I was so used to working small that I was like not thinking in a way where things can be blown up more right. and like more powerful. So that's something I'm learning. Very Again, cool. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, what else is next for you other than the, the new line of supplies and <laughs> trips? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm definitely working more on the fine art side of things. So I would hope to do a show at some point, but also to develop more of these stories and maybe finish one of the children's books. I don't know. I'm just kind of exploring that world a little bit mm-hmm. and how I can take my work and bring it into something new that's a little bit more involved yeah well i really appreciate you doing this thank you so much for taking the time you're welcome and thanks uh, for having me yeah i I will let you get back to the work here awesome all right thanks katie (laughs) thanks